Welcome back, DJI Multiverse. This is uh, DJI Mark. This is issue number 27 of Hot Off the Press for the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, we will be covering the last two weeks of comic books and upcoming releases, and we'll have a little discussion topic at the end. We're going to try and wrap up our issues from here on out with a little bit of discussion and conversation, not necessarily as much breakdown and coverage as you guys are used to. Um, Charlie is remote, and we are going to dive right into a couple of the books that me and him are current on and a couple of the books that uh, me and him are going to tackle separately and just bounce some questions off of one another. Um, so you want to start with Something's Killing the Children? Yeah, I, I think that that'd be a good one. We haven't ever talked. I mean, you know, we've teased it, but haven't actually talked about it. So yeah. let's go ahead and talk about it. So um, something we, we are obviously much much further behind the curve than most of the independent comic community as it comes to something is killing the children by, um, James, um, Tynan. Uh, obviously we're big James fans. We love his work on Batman. Uh, we've really enjoyed department of truth, which we're also going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but something is killing the children. Volume one, uh, was released in November. Uh, volume two actually was out this past week. I was able to pick that up as well and get through all six or all, I guess, four of those issues because it only went from issue number i believe six to ten um but i was actually able to grab issues 11 and 12 off the shelf at my comic shop so now i'm i'm completely 100 percent caught up i know charlie only read up to i believe is it issue five uh whatever is it chapter four or chapter five okay so chapter five so yeah um i I really really i'm at the point where we find out that it's a nest. Yes. Okay. okay. So, um, and, and you've gotten past her killing the mother monster. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, all that, that went down. Yeah. Um, she shoots the, the, the kid, the kid or James gets shot. Um, yeah. Okay. And then, she, and then she's like, yeah, this wasn't a, this wasn't like a, a group. That, this is a, this was a mother with children. Yeah, and their children are eating everything. This is a nest, and I'm just like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah, so um, I can tell you this: six or six through ten is just as good as one through five. Eleven and twelve were, you know, issues eleven and twelve are great as well. Um, but we'll we'll tackle more of issues one through five. I'll get you, you know, you know, I'll have, let Charlie catch up, and we'll we'll probably start covering this as it comes out, just like we did with, you know, Jerker Wars, just like we've done with Department of Truth, things like that, crossover. Um, we're, you know, this is a book that I think has tremendous amount of mainstream potential as far as A&E or AMC. I mean, they love these types of independent comics that where they put them on screen. Um, and, I, and I understand that, you know, there's only 12 issues in, but if it continues to be this good, you're talking about a book that has a potential to rival you know, in longevity, I don't want to say a walking dead, but I think it has that, it has that feel to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I enjoy it. I mean, I, th- you know, me and Charlie have been saying like, we've been looking for the more weird sci-fi stuff that, you know, I think we both kind of get behind, but when you add in monsters and you add in, you know, samurai swords and all that other stuff, you're, you're barking up the right channel. It, it was, um, it was it kind of harkened to a uh, a supernatural esque yes. type uh, type of story, right? Like 
you know, well, hey, what's going on? Something is, well, and, and not to like, you know, make a dad joke, uh, but, you know, this is dad's got issues. Uh, but something is killing the children. What? And you're trying to figure it out. And, and uh, you know, here comes Erica Slaughter just, you know, out of the blue, like, yeah, I'm here. I, I know. I know there's monsters. I'm going to kill it. Like, yeah. And my, my whole thing when I think, because I've been watching a ton of Supernatural, I find it cool the way he played it that, you know, only the kids can see it. But it's not like because only the kids can see it, only the kid like, like when they die, like it's not like a random death. You know what I mean? And, and you'll see that in issues six through um, six through te- six through ten. Um, one of the kids gets killed in front of adults and it's they can't see what's killing the kid. They just see this kid getting ripped apart. Um, so, like, that was, for me, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, because you have to explain to us as the reader, how do adults deal with this? They can't just keep thinking, like, oh, this is a person. Like, the the level of mutilation and destruction that these monsters are creating when they're killing these kids is just unfathomable for the human, you know, anatomy, essentially. Um, right. and, and, and that was, you know... That was something where, like, early on, you know, they're trying to, you know, say, like, oh, or at least not everybody, but, uh, like, the kids at school, you know, blaming James for their yes. friends getting murdered. And it's like, yeah, you're stupid kids, so we'll, we'll let this one slide. But, like, people can't do what was done yeah. <laughs> to, the, to those kids. Yeah, and then obviously you have the secret society, um, basically, that their job is to hunt these things. Um, but, and, and they don't dive into it too deeply in issues one through five, but in issues six through 10, it gets real deep into that whole society and basically how they clean these messes up. And you saw an issue number five, I believe, um, where like basically the sheriff gets a phone call and he, he's like, yeah, you're going to let me go. Cause you're going to get a phone call here in about a couple of minutes. And they're going to tell you that you need to let me go and go do my job or other people are going to die. And he right. gets that phone call and lets her go and like basically tells all the other deputies and people that are asking like, look, I, I wish I could tell you, I just really can't at this point. Um, but uh, like I said, though, I honestly think that this has a lot of mainstream appeal because I think it translates well to television. I really do. I think this is a show that, or this is a, a comic series that has, you know, television pilot written all over it. Um, obviously they have to keep producing it. They have to keep writing story. They have to give something more than 12 issues probably, but other shows have been picked up on less. Um, so, but like I said, I think the real thing is, is I think we have a show on our hands here that, you know, we can, or a book here on our hands that we can get behind early on, really pump it and make it popular. And it's one of those things I think that with enough positive reinforcement, we can probably, um, see it, see it come up onto the, the boob tube at some point. I mean, that's, that's, that's what happened with walking dead. Right. You know, I remember years ago, my friend Liz, like she hooked me up with the walking dead. She's like, you got to read this. And she had like the hardcover volumes so I picked it up and started reading. It's like, oh man, this is so awesome. But then the show came out and then it was like, oh, we get, I, I get why they, they change things. And you know, this is, this is one of those stories too, where it's like, they might have to tweak it for television. Um, 
literally because they're killing children. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, who knows? Because, you know, in, in society days, who knows what's right and what's wrong at this point anymore uh, yeah. or, or what's possible and what's not. But, you know, for me, like, you know, I get into it and I go like, yeah, I get that this is a story. Like, I'm not going to let TV, you know, or something that happens on TV go, oh, no, this is terrible. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, it's not a show you're going to watch with your kids. You're going to. Well, but it's also, but it's also one of those things too. Like I understand that the kids in the comic look appear to be younger, but we follow the adventures of all the stranger kid things, you know, stranger things, kids. Like at some point, one of those kids is going to die on that show. We know that like it's got to be happening at some point. But my thing is, is yeah. Like would it be appropriate for like a seven year old to be ripped apart on television? Probably not. Not that, like, you get to see it happen, but if they're, like, 14 or 15, like, I think we've come to as a society, like, oh, well, that's about the age range that a serial killer or, you know, monster movie is going to kill somebody. Yeah. You, know, you might have and to. Also, some of those 14 and 15-year-olds are little monsters themselves anyway. No, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, my whole thing, like you said, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's one of those things where some sensitive people may 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 not appreciate the context of it or what it's what it is but at the same time you know we're not here to please everybody and i guarantee there's people that hate the walking dead but sure's been on for about a decade now and well over the 500 necessary episodes i'm sure for syndication um but yeah overall though the book's great um first six issues were awesome or first five issues were awesome uh, i i was fortunate enough to read the next i guess six um, they were as or seven. They were as equally as good. Um, I'm looking forward to subscribing to it now and being up to date on it. That's what my main goal was by getting these volume editions. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, Something's Killing the Children's a, a great pickup for anybody who's looking to get into the independent scene and get into it relatively early. Um, just like we highlighted crossover last hot off the press issue, um, and we've been highlighting Department of Truth. These are all books that are within the first probably 10 issues that you guys can dive right into. Um, yeah, I mean, um, just like also, you know, that was a book where it just it kind of came out of left field and it's like, oh, man, this is really good. Yeah, I would say the same thing for I mean, not out of left field at this point, um, but for something is. uh Killing the children, yeah. you know, um, you, you're, you're getting, you're getting a story. And if, especially if you're like a, a supernatural fan with the show ending, yeah. um, yeah, you can go back and watch it, but, uh, you're, if you're looking for something to kind of fill that void, yeah, I think that this would be it. Yeah. Um, you know, at least for, for, for reading content, you know, like no, you're not getting anything to replace it on TV, but, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you're, you're getting something. Um, yeah, so if you have an opportunity, go to your local comic shop. Um, the collect, like I said, both collected editions are out. I'm sure your shops are running holiday deals and steals at the moment, so grab them both and give them a read. And like I said, the last two issues were on the shelf. The rack still at my local comic shop, so I would assume they're probably still at yours as well. Um, but we're going to move on to another James Tynan, um comic. Uh, we're going to move on to Department of Truth, issue number three. Um, my first thoughts, 
after initially reading and you know shutting you know shutting the book, I wanted more of issue two. I wanted more of diving into that demonic demon taking the children and eating their brains story. I thought that's where we were. I thought that's where we were headed because like, you know, me and you, we spoke briefly before this, you said that, you know, that tied back into Cole and his story. Right. But when you read issue three, you just pick up on Cole and what's, what's the female's name? I always forget her name. Crap. No, I'm blanking on it too. Um, I just <laughs> yeah, the female agent that's basically Cole's recruiter. Um, basically, you you come into them working another case, and she, you know, so it's. I mean, if you have, if you're looking at the artwork cover, um, for some of the variants, it's basically about, um, it's about a mom whose son was a victim of school shooting. And, you know, basically the Department of Truth all falls back onto like these internet talk boards where people are spreading conspiracy theories of like, oh, these shootings weren't real. These are paid actors. Look at this kid here. And then look, at he's here at this place. And then she looks like this person who's an actor in Hollywood. And like, but the mom is like on the message boards, basically going back and forth with people like you're, you're talking out of your ass. You're not telling the truth you're downplaying this this situation basically and (laughs) the the mom's upset but the mom dives into like depression and she keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole of these message boards and she basically finds herself almost believing what she's reading on the message boards and she starts questioning whether or not her child was actually murdered or if he was taken by the government. So, right. um, and, and I mean, just, just that in and of itself, right. It, 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 this is what's great about the department of truth is it can take something topical, um, like, like school shootings can take something topical. like people in their posting of conspiracy theories. And then it, and then it turns it all on its head and it goes, yeah, so here's here's what's true. That crazy person who's like this is an actor, they were right. <laughs> and that's what I've uh I would love I would I, I love getting into the, or I, I like that we were going down this this rabbit hole with Cole's story, but from from what I've read out of this issue, it was a I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Uh I liked that there was uh, that that. Uh, crap! What am I trying to say? I liked that they that she wasn't crazy, or that, that you know, like you know, or she was, but she's like her her child was killed, but or at least that's what she thought. But now he isn't. And yeah, I, and I, she I, wants I, to know. Essentially, is, wants to figure out what happened to him. Right, but I guess as a, as a parent, obviously the Department of Truth's job is to ensure that that doesn't necessarily happen. Even if she, right. even if even if the truth is that her kid was taken, they need people to believe that this shooting actually did occur. But she, they also need to do their own sort of sidebar investigation into what actually happened to the kids. But I guess, like from a parent's perspective, like knowing that your kid isn't dead. You know, there's, 
There's yeah. something to that, right? It makes you think, right? Like you put yourself in that situation, like thinking your kid is dead and then they go, Oh yeah. Uh, this is, this was all set up and you start going, Oh my God, this was a setup. I, I and my child is still alive, which, which does kind of give you hope. Now. Yeah. The, the, the whole purpose is that she never finds out, but you know, for me that that's your motivation to keep living. Yeah. And, and obviously the whole, the whole part of the department of truth is that people, once people who are fighting, so think of it like this, Freddy Krueger only can be Freddy Krueger if people believe in Freddy Krueger. If people believe that there's somebody coming into people's dreams and killing them, then Freddy Krueger's power, reach, and ability grows. So the same thing with Department of Truth. The whole purpose of Cole and the Department of Truth is to prevent people from believing in the conspiracies and manifesting these re- these false realities. So like in issue number one, you know, these people all believed that the earth was flat and that there was the end of the earth. There was an end of the earth. And Cole's like, well, I don't really believe it. I don't believe it. But then they convince him enough that when they get on the plane and they all believe that there's an end of the earth because the earth is flat, they reach the end of the earth. And then the same thing in issue number two, you know, Cole's like, well, I remember when I was a kid, you know, there was this demon, you know, he would eat he was, you know, he came to me and he was eating a, a, a kid's brain and basically told me like not to worry about it, that it wasn't, I'm not real. You're imagining this, that, and the third. And then obviously he gets his eyes open to the department of truth. Like, no, that this demon, this monster is real. Well, that sends him into like a complete fucking panic because he's like my whole life. I thought it was fake. And they're like, well, that's what we want you to believe. We want you to believe it's fake because then it takes away that thing, that thing's power from society, so to speak. Um, So like that, and then obviously we dive into issue number three and, you know, we're, we're introduced to Mary, who's like I said, whose son is apparently murdered in a school shooting. Um, And she starts believing that like, she's a part of this false flag or crisis actor culture that surrounds these school shootings and that her, you know, kids actually, you know, don't, her kid's actually not dead, but he was taken. So they don't want her to be now the spokesperson of like, my child was taken. He wasn't killed because then everybody in the world will start believing that. And that conspiracy now becomes a reality and that reality manifests itself and now becomes a problem for society as a whole. And that's what the whole point of the department of truth is, is they're trying to combat all of these conspiracy theories. But at the same time, it's obviously, you know, it's like four people putting out forest fires. Yeah. I mean, I I get the, I get the point of the department of truth. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, because you're like, you know, it's, I'd say outside of the demon thing, right? Some of it's not far fetched. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like and when you're reading this, you're like, yeah, no, I could totally, I could totally buy it. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist no. by any means. But like um, they, like they said at the end of the book, you know, the way they basically, they discredit Mary because Mary has evidence apparently that her son's still alive. Well, Cole finds out that the only way they can discredit the evidence is if they destroy it. And although she'll have in her mind, like, I had this this evidence, it was destroyed, whatever, 
but they know nobody's going to believe her. They just need to make sure that all she can know the truth, but if she's the only person that knows that truth and she's the only person with that truth, then nobody's going to believe her story. And then, like they said, you know, she's the basically the crazy, you know, she's the crazy mom of a deceased shoot school shooting victim. And she's now the, you know, the scapegoat for them, so to speak, for them to basically be like, well, this is what conspiracy theories do to you. They, they drive you insane. And they, they make a comment at the end of the book or uh, at the end of this issue, basically, she's just going to believe jo- George Sor- Soros and his henchmen destroyed the one piece of evidence that proved that her son was still alive somewhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the scary part, though, is they're, 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 you know, it could happen. That's what I think is uh, very interesting about this book or this particular issue. Yeah. And it, like they, they obviously show, you know, they, 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 she, her, her hard evidence is like recordings, like of her son being recorded, being coached on how to be a school shooting victim. And, um, this undermines the very reality that she's living in that she thinks her son is dead. Um, and you know, it's just one of those things where you, you really, as a parent, like, you're like, man, that'd be a wild thing. Wouldn't it? Like if, you know, these kids aren't actually dying, they're just fucking taking them off somewhere and doing tests on them or something crazy. Um, but, uh, it, it is, it is one of those things that, you know, you, you, you sit back and like each issue is hitting on very topical things. And things like we said that like there's if if it if it's happening in the real world there's a message board somewhere with some nut job with a tinfoil hat you know and a, a radon meter on his shirt trying to figure out if the government's coming to talk to him through his air vents and he's making up conspiracy theories on why that that occurred. Um, but yeah, I, the art is still very like grainy. And like, like when it's clear, it's, it's, it's contributing to the story. And when it's disorienting, it's still contributing to the story because it's making you like really analyze what you're looking at. Cause you don't want to miss something behind a certain color wall or, you know, you know, whatever may be appearing on that page that might in three pages from now come back and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, they're explaining something. You're like, wait, where, where did that even come up at? Um, but yeah, it's, it's great, man. They're doing a great job with it. I hope it keeps, keeps coming out and keeps pumping the way it's pumping. Um, James is doing great work. I mean, between this Batman and something is killing the children. He might be the hottest comic book writer right now on the market. Um, I know there's some other popular ones, other choices people probably have, but I mean, the dude's killing the game, both mainstream and independently. And you can tell something something is killing the children is a, is a brainchild of his because he put himself in it. Um, and it and it and it hits on his is I think his own personal struggles as a young, you know, young gay male growing up in society because obviously at the beginning they hit on you know that he he has a crush on one of his friends but he's too afraid to tell him and that was one of the kids that ends up dying. Uh, but then obviously, you know, in something is in, in Department of Truth, James is very politically active on social media. So he's tackling a lot of mainstream. But if you look at if you're reading something or Department of Truth, 
there's nothing in there that's going to offend either side. You know what I mean? Like you can read, you can read that book as, 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 as a, as a conservative or as a liberal. And you're going to be like, man, these are, these are topical and they're kind of on point to what we're seeing in society today. Um, but they're not, yeah. it, but it's and not, what was that? Well, I, th- I was saying, I think that's what's good about this is it, is it doesn't skew one way or the other, right? Yeah. All it's doing is it's it's shining light on a topical thing in, in society, and uh, you as the reader are left to go, hmm, could that happen? Could it not? Would I buy into this if you know? It presented enough evidence, and yeah, it's it's a it's a work of you know fantasy, but there's there's truth to it. Yeah, and and like I've said before, though, with Department of Truth and you know some of these other independent books that we're reading, you get to really see what your author is putting forth. You know, and and what what they, it's their ideas. Where like Batman has to stick to a certain script. For the most part, you can you can kind of go left field or right field if you really wanted to, but there is a certain script that you have to kind of stick to that people are expecting from you. Um, and with like Department of Truth or Crossover or Undiscovered Country or Something's Killing the Children or one of these other countless books that we're reading that isn't like a mainstream character or license, they can kind of do what they want and go which way they want. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's not, there's not a lot of cumbersomeness to this as a comic, so to speak. And you're also not emotionally invested into a character, right? Yes. Like, like, uh, like Batman, right? Like, you know, you weren't, you weren't a Batman fan because you read the comics. you became a Batman fan because you got the toy and a happy meal. Yes, and then, and then fell in love with the character later on through comics, but you would already have an emotional attachment. Whereas, like with the Department of Truth, you have no emotional attachment to these people. You're you're going through this for the first time. So for you, it's it's or for the reader, it's about the story being told and not so much about the characters. Now, like you and I were talking before, you know, it's, we want to we want to go down the this understand Cole a little bit more uh, after, after issue two, but you know, they, they can get to it. You know, I'm fine with, you know, going in these other adventures and, yeah. and bringing up topics so that, that it makes you think. Yeah. And like I said, when, you know, we talk about these independent books, you know, these are some of the books we're most excited about right now. And it's not, not, not necessarily anything against, um, not necessarily anything against some of the other, um, like mainstream books that are out there, but man, I honestly, I really do enjoy a lot of the independent stuff we're reading right now. Um, but, uh, we'll wrap up department of truth with that statement and something's killing the children. Um, those are two books that me and Charlie are both concurrently caught up with. So it's, it's a lot easier to, to, to go back and forth. Uh, Charlie picked up a new, Power Rangers book this past week. Is that correct? You there? So yeah, I'm here. Sorry, man. Oh, okay. All right. Hit the uh, mute button quick enough. Um, yeah, so I did. I came across another Power Rangers comic that somehow this 
slipped past my radar. Okay. Um, so uh, it's Power Rangers uh, Sins of the Future. And uh, it probably just because it, it wasn't really Mighty Morphin yeah. focused. It's probably why I, why I missed it. Um, so Sins of the Future focuses around Jen Scott. And for, for those of you that are Power Ranger fans, um, or, you know, across the, the, the spectrum, most people know Jen Scott, uh, because she's the pink time force ranger. And okay. then, uh, you have, um, Wes, who was the time force red ranger. Uh, and basically, you know, with the, the time force rangers, they jump back and forth through different periods of history to keep the timeline intact. And that's what they're trying to do with Jen. Um, and, uh, she keeps thinking that she's going to be getting a promotion, you know, to kind of be a commander, yeah. um, within time force. And turns out, no, they, they want her in the field, um, to keep things going the way that they're supposed to be going. But, uh, the, the catch is that she, um, would have to give up being with Wes and she doesn't want that. Um, and you know, even like the guy in charge, he's, you know, telling her like, you know, he's dead. He's been dead for, you know, like hundreds of years. Like you got to move on. You can, you can figure something out. And so she, Jen is torn right now. She doesn't know what she wants to do. And, um, so I'm only like, I'm, I'm probably only halfway through. And, and uh, is this, is this a collected edition? So it's not, uh, it, I think it's more like uh like Soul of the Dragon where it was like, you know, um uh like more like a graphic novel-esque type book, right? Okay. Like it's multiple it, it's not multiple books. It's just a uh just a um I guess if you were to put like four or five issues together like a volume, it would be like that. Okay, yeah, that I just Obviously, you know, I'm not reading it with you, but I just wanted to make sure our readers knew, like, I didn't know if it was like a one shot. So basically it kind of sounds like it, it's, it's kind of like a spit, like a, a mini series almost. Kind of. Uh, but what you're getting into, so where I got to, um, Jen ends up fighting this like black, uh, time force ranger. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's Jen from an alternate timeline. Okay. And uh, that's where I'm at. And we're trying to figure out, you know, like, because now that uh, Jen Jen has convinced alternate timeline Jen to, you know, kind of stand down, uh, or at least that's the way it's seen when I was reading it. Now there's, now there's going to be fallout from that. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's been good so far, you know, I'm going to continue reading it, uh, and you know, I can, you know, follow up with what, what I thought, like what my final thoughts were, but so far so good. And, you know, I'm not even a huge time force Ranger fan, but, uh, I like the story. I like what's being told. I like the art, you know, the art is still spot on, you know, with boom and, and the, the folks over there, um, and and their their renditions of, of what they think the Power Rangers look like in, in comic form. So um, I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed pretty much everything Booms put out Power Ranger wise. I don't yeah. think I don't think they're I don't think they're doing a, a bad job in any stretch of the imagination. No, um, and, and 
and and I like the story that's being told. You know, like I said, not huge in time force, but you've got me. You know, you've got me hooked into the story. Um, you know, you because one, it's Power Rangers, and two, it's an, an intriguing story, and it's something weird, right? You know, yeah. timeline. You know, a, a, a time travel thing that's you know kind of gone awry. Like, okay, you you've you've hit a bunch of the blocks for me to to make me enjoy this as a read. So, um, I'd say you know if you're if you're a Power Rangers fan. Uh, definitely worth picking up, uh, you know, just to, just to go through it and read the story. Uh, if you're, if you're into time travel, um, then this would be the book for you, even if you're not a Power Rangers fan, yeah. uh, because you're getting in that, that alternate timeline and alternate self and how that all impacts. Uh, so like I said, so far, so good. Um, so as, as like a casual reader, could you get into it not knowing who Jen is and all the other power, like, is that gonna, yeah, you, is that is this like could, is this something like somebody could start off on and kind of understand what they're doing or what they're reading? I should say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you have a basic, like, if you're as long as you have like a basic understanding of of who the Time Force Rangers are, um, you know, you you well, you you do get brought up to speed real quick. Yeah. Uh, like within the first couple panels, like, you know, she introduces herself. She says who she is, you know, and as long as you go in with it, understand like this is going to be Power Rangers. So if you've ever watched Power Rangers at all, you, you already understand like, okay, there's going to be primary colored people fighting, uh, other people that are <laughs> trying to destroy the world. Yeah. And, uh, then, uh, you just throw time travel into it. And I think you're okay. Like you don't need to know everything about everything that ever happened on time force. You can jump into this and be fine. Okay. Um, yeah. And obviously we're reading Mighty Morphin and we're reading Power Rangers as well. So uh, once more issues of that come out, we'll get into that a little bit uh, on other issues. Um Next book we're going to talk about is the really not a book, but series is the death metal series, um, from DC. Um, obviously I've been reading everything as it comes to death metals. Uh, Charlie has been getting play by play by from me as a result. Um, but if you're not reading death metals, but you're a DC comics fan, like you're just like, Oh, I'm not into this whole event stuff. Like I'm just going to ignore it. You're about to be really upset come March. Because we have we have endless winter coming up this month in December, and then in March we have, uh, or in January and February we have Future State. Well, Future State is kind of derivative from Death Metal and the fallout from Death Metal. But in March, Death Metal's outcome is going to affect everything you read forward. Um, and we've speculated that Warner Brothers. Uh, AT&T wants their comic books to potentially deviate away from the whole multiverse idea of there being like multiple Batman, multiple Superman and all that stuff. And they want to do a streamline single continuity, you know, DC universe. Well, if that's the case, death metal is setting that up. Um, essentially they're bringing, you know, in, in this last issue of death metal, which I believe is number th four, um, it basically sets that up because the dark multiverse appears, um, and basically all the earths from the dark, dark multiverse come to this 
universe, so to speak. Um, but in this issue, you have, um, you have all the heroes, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, um, and you know, the, the whole justice league slash now they're trying to recruit the bad guys that have been trapped away. And, you know, basically everybody in the universe, in the DC universe or multiverse is now teaming up to take down the Batman who laughs, who's now in God form and Perpetua, who is obviously the creator of all, all the worlds. Um, what was that? So, so like, I remember in the the last issue you were talking about, like, you know, Lex, Lex Luthor getting involved. Where, where is he in, in so, all of this? So Lex, so Lex has been heavily involved in the Justice League tie-ins. Justice League, the series, has had a six-issue or five-issue tie-in ser- portion to Death Metals. And that's been following Cyborg, basically the Teen Titans, Cyborg, Starfire, Nightwing, Detective Chimp. Um, and a couple of other heroes, I believe um, Swamp Thing's involved with them as well. But basically, they've been trying to free, in Justice League, they've been trying to free the Legion of Doom from Perpetual's throne. They were powering, their doom was powering Perpetual's throne, because that's what she's powered on, is people believing in the way of doom, not the way of justice. Um, so she had, she had Gorilla Grodd, um, Sinestro. They, they, uh, she, you know, they, they turned on, uh, Lex. They turned on everybody, right? Yeah. So they, well, they turned on, well, initially they had turned on, basically, she turned on Lex. They turned on Lex. She turned on them, captured them, put them in the throne. The throne was powering her, which was allowing her to take over the universe. The Batman who laughs replaced Lex Luthor as her right hand man. He went off into the universe, basically recruited a massive army, went to the dark multiverse, and brought over every bad version of Batman you could think of. Superman version, Lobo version, you know, every, you know, every dark multiverse Batman, so to speak. Kind of like what we got in the first Dark Knight Metals series. Um, he then becomes so powerful and omnipowerful, um, and he basically consumes all this energy and becomes like this God version. Basically, he puts himself in Dr. Manhattan's body um, from another multiverse and his brain to his body. And he basically comes back to life and he's just, he's a God now. Um, so he's battling him and Perpetual are literally duking it out. They're fighting and they're so distracted with their fight. They're not paying attention to Earth where the heroes are kind of making their last hurrah towards you know, he pulls uh, the Robin King out of Earth, puts him back with all the other Robins, and basically tells him, just sit back, relax, I'll handle this from here. Because the Robin King was very close to killing Diana, Bruce, and Clark of this universe. And, like, he makes, like, a, a he does, like, a big speech of, like, you know, the Wonder Woman on my Earth, you know, she made a very compelling and inspiring speech, and da-da-da-da-da-da, and then I killed her, and blah, 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 and then... He basically says he's going to finish him off and the Batman who laughs like, no, that's not what I want you to do yet. And obviously that's coming back to bite him in the ass now because they, in Justice League, Nightwing and them are successful at removing Gorilla Grodd, Cheetah, and Sinestro from the throne. And initially they do try to fight the Justice League, 
Lex steps in. They're like, well, why should we believe you, Lex? The last time we believed you, it led us to a, a, you know, you know, servitude basically. And he says, I was wrong. I understand I was wrong. Let me prove to you that I was right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, or that I'm, I'm right this time. And basically they all kind of team up at that point. Um, but at the, like I said, at the end of, of this issue number four, you get like all these other dark multiverse earths appearing. So it's like one earth versus 400 earths of bad guys, essentially. Um, so it seems like death metal's done a really, really good job to this point of like, okay, our heroes take one step forward, but the dark multiverse and the bad guys have taken 30 steps forward. Like the, the heroes are playing like such a slow game of catch up that it, it, it's almost unbelievable that they won't, you know, like it's unbelievable that they, they'll catch up and they'll be able to fix this. But like they make a statement basically that, you know, at the end they have a very like, it's, it's, I guess it's supposed to be the heartfelt moment of the book where, you know, Diana, Superman and Batman, basically the Trinity are standing there having a conversation and Batman's like, you know, she, she basically says, I need your help for this last massive battle. And, um, basically Superman's like, obviously I'm here, but he's got like apocalypse. He's like basically a part of apocalypse. His body's all changed. But then Bruce basically says, Diana, I've been dead this whole time. Like the only thing keeping me alive is the black lantern ring or keeping me here and present is this black lantern ring. Like, you know, I'm in. And basically they, they lead the charge. But like I said, um, you know, it's one of those things that we as a reader, you know, you're like, I don't understand how they're going to win. Like their best hope is that one of the two gods kills them, the other, so they don't have to worry about one of them. Or I'm, I'm almost 100% sure the ringer is about to come because they have yet to reintroduce Darkseid, and he's just sitting back and waiting. So I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking Darkseid's probably are, I hate to say this, he's probably going to be the savior in this whole situation. Um, but like I said, I've really, I really have enjoyed Death Metal much more than Dark Knight's medals, but I think it's because I know it's the culmination. I think that's why I'm enjoying it more. Um, I've read all the tie-ins. The Lobo tie-in is the most fun to read of all the tie-ins the robin king was probably the roughest and that's surprising especially you know with it being a bat family title for me or title character for me but damn dude i i really i really enjoyed that lobo one and i read uh this week's this week's was like weird too it was like short stories of like different universes and things like that it was just it wasn't my my cup of tea um but i've read all of them so, like I said, I'm I'm extremely interested in seeing where we go um, after um, issue number four, I should say. I'm very interested. But um, so, so the reason why the Darkest Knight, or the Batman who laughs, um, is a god now is because he rigged a Mobius chair. So always the power is directed to himself no matter what. Um, and he basically, we still have um, the last tie-in issue, which is the last 52 that's going to come out. 
Um, he has the ability to remake the, the, the universe in his image now because he, he holds the power of the universe, essentially. And the only thing standing in his way is Perpetua. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, they, they free all the villains. They were, they were locked up. So like you've seen them from like, from issue to issue, uh, Joker, Riddler, Solomon Grundy, basically all of Batman's big bads, all of Flash's big bads, um, and super, a couple Superman big bads. Um, the Lantern Corps comes back down to earth and all the bad Lantern Corps, I guess the red, yellow, all the good ones. Um, they come down. Black Adam comes back and, and to help them. Basically, anybody that's anybody um, is there ready for the battle because they don't. None of them believe that if they don't work together, that there'll be a tomorrow. So, like I said, with DC and with everything that's going on right now, we have a lot of event stuff going concurrently, which kind of sucks. I hate when they do it that way. But like this endless winter thing, I don't know much about it. Haven't read much about it. I did get to the DC. Uh, nation spotlight preview for future state last night and just reading through it and it seems like it's going to be interesting it seems like it's going to be a very very interesting take on these characters and you know basically their future selves um and i think it goes it goes as far as like 20 or 30 20 so we go into like the batman beyond stage of like we were we were questioning that last issue if we were going to get that far into the timeline, it it seems like we are, but that's jumping ahead to like Legion of Legion of superheroes and all those characters. Cause they're going to apparently do a spinoff for them. I can't say that I'm going to read every future state title, but if there's a future state title for a book that I'm currently sub to, I'm going to read it. Um, I don't think I'm going to read this, the, the wonder woman book. I haven't been reading wonder woman. I liked the two issues after seven fifty, but past that, I'm not a big I'm not a big Wonder Woman book guy. Um, but, yeah, so um, I'm excited for the end of Death Metal. Um, I know this is the last book Scott Snyder is going to be doing for a while with, um, with uh, like, like a major event book. He'll, he said he's going to do some character work for DC. He actually just got... Um, he just got announced that he's doing a new book. It's gonna kill me because I literally just saw it. it was like a tweet. Um, yeah, I, I too, and I, I can't remember what it was for. Um, yeah, it was a tweet or something. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's a big book though. I thought. Um, but yeah, so we know Scott Snyder's moving away um, from from the 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 main arc of of DC, but. <sighs> Am I sad to see him go? Sure. Like I said, I've enjoyed Death Metal. Uh, I enjoyed his Justice League run. But if it gives new life to DC Comics as far as writers, or maybe like a, like a James Tynan gets an opportunity to to write something that maybe he hasn't gotten a chance to write or, or to push things his his way, uh, I'm all for that. Yeah, I can't I can't remember what the the book was for Scott Snyder. It was like a picture. Somebody, it was like a, it was like his name and somebody else's name attached to like, like a script head or something. And it was teasing like what he was going to, he was going to be writing. Um, is what it is. Um, but yeah, so we'll wrap up death metal talk there and, uh, we will move on to our final discussion for today. Um, so 
we're trying to find topical discussions or things that me and Charlie can kind of go back and forth on in regards to our show topics. Um, so I'm obviously I've talked on our around the multiverse. I've pub that we have a TikTok on our um, pretty much every issue um, to this point. And I'm, I'm slowly but surely finding more comic book people and more people that are interested in comics on TikTok. And I follow a account on TikTok uh, of a young woman um, out, I believe she's out in Colorado. I could be mistaken. But uh, she asked the question of like, where are all the comic book content creators, people that are interested in comic books or read comic books? And basically me and her had, you know, we've, we've become friends through the app and, you know, had our conversations basically just, and I said to her, I said, you know, I think there's a lack because she asked the question, why is there not more comic book readers or comic book collectors or purchasers or buyers but we are in such a boom as a super whole, superhero culture as a whole. And I think there's a number of reasons. And I told her, I said, you know, obviously you get 60 seconds on, a, on maximum on a TikTok. I mean, there's a lot that could be covered on this topic. So I thought it'd be a good discussion, the topic to have to add to our hot off the press issue this week. Yeah. And it's a valid question, you know, um, because you think like, I guess, you know, for... I, I'm what seven? I think I'm like what seven years older than you. It's it's, yeah. it's not, but there's enough of a gap there to where it's like, I, I know like when I was a, when I was a kid. Now I sound like an old man. When I, back in my day, uh, well, one of us has to be old, right? So why not be me, right? I guess I was born first, so that's my burden to carry. Um, no, it, it's one of those things like comic books really weren't huge they were a thing but they weren't huge superheroes really weren't big right like you know when i sit here and i go i'm a green lantern fan like well even nowadays right like they're green lanterns not in the top three i don't even know if you go to anybody you know a casual fan and go are you a fan of the green lantern they'll go no because that movie sucked yeah um and and that's and that's kind of sad being a green lantern fan because it's like no 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 don't base your don't base your fandom off of one movie. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and so like we get into that, but you know, over time people have become fans of superheroes. Part of it is because, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe brought people in and, and everything. But um, there's always been your Batmans and your Superman fans, but yeah. you know, how many of them are actual comic readers? So in my reply, my initial reply to her, I, I brought up, two things really one speaking with all the local comic shop owners people who have been in this business for decades now i mean and i'm i'm, I'm fortunate enough with our collectors group to, to be close with a lot of these shops because we run events through them and i asked them i said well, why don't you, why do you think comics just aren't like a thing like why why are people like is it digital like that like are there more people just buying comics digitally are people just not buying comics because they're not interested and he's like, and you know, I've, I've had multiple store owners tell me like, it all comes down to advertising. If, you know, Marvel, Marvel releases on average up to three movies a year. Sometimes you might get a fourth. If you're lucky, you get a fifth. If in Mar Marvel consistently sells higher than DC in comics in sales, like overall, but Marvel puts out f like 30 more titles in DC it's in some instances right now they're pretty neck and neck in, in a number of titles, but Marvel 
it, just think about it like this. If you went to the movies to see the next Spider-Man movie, right? There's a Spider-Man comic that's being published right now. If Spider-Man comes out Friday, there's a comic that came out on Wednesday that has Spider-Man on it. And if you go and look at your shop right now, there's like seven Spider-Man books. You mean to tell me that Marvel at the beginning, when the credits are before the previews are running, that Marvel can't put in like a, a slide that shows all the books that are currently out, like with their covers, and say, go visit your local comic shop for, for, ama- for, for your next amazing Spider-Man story. Or your next amazing Marvel adventure. Excelsior. At the bottom. Like, that, that, that one advertisement, because you know it's going to run 5, 10, 15 times before the movie starts, right? It's going to get people Googling, oh, where, I wonder where a local comic shop is near here. Obviously, we, most people in that movie theater probably know. But right. it makes it put it puts that, that subliminal thought into your head. And now DC does a lot of a lot of Facebook and social media advertising. Now, obviously, it goes to people it's tailored to. So like me and you will probably see the trailer for this comic that's coming out before like my mom would, or somebody who doesn't even remotely relate to DC comics. But my point is, is if you're not advertising it, people aren't interested in it. Like, I mean, that's that's true to an extent, and I, 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 I'll agree with you. I, 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 I'll, I'll preface it with that. I don't disagree with that. With, yeah. with that. At the same time, like, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it's one of those things these days where the attention span, man, it's it's just not there, you know. To all right, so now I've got to even with digital being a platform, right? Yeah. Most people think, don't even think about reading digital comics, which is still head scratching to why DC is doing what they're doing. But anyway, I, I, we won't even go down that yeah. that rabbit hole. People that want to read comic books want actual comic books, and yeah. fortunately, people don't like. I mean, there are people that love to read, but those people are definitely in the minority. You know, like and yeah. I'm I'm one of them, right? Like I, you're, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to pick up a book like you know, uh, like a traditional. Hey, read, read this book by, you could say Stephen King. I don't care, you know, name an author. I'm not going to go pick it up because I just don't have the time to sit down and read a novel or read another book. I'll read my comic books because I'm getting artwork. I'm getting speech bubbles and I'm getting a story and, and I have enough time for that. And maybe that's part of it too, um, is that people just don't have time, but uh, I also think that it's more of an attention span. You know, I can sit there, I can go through a comic, I can go through it relatively quickly. And, uh, I can give the same book to you know Charlie, you know my you know my my fourteen year old, and he'll flip through a couple pages. Now he'll eventually read it, but he's not going to be like, oh, like I'm I'm invested into this story right away. You know, yeah. he's gonna he'll go so, through a couple pages, get bored, and move on. So that kind of falls back into my second point that I made with her. I said, I think it's generational. I think our parents' generation and a generation before that grew up on comic books. If you wanted to consume your superhero fix, you did it through one of two means, broadcast radio or comics. There wasn't like, and, and don't get me wrong, like my parents had like, you know, our parents had like 66 Batman, like they had, uh, 
Wonder know, Woman, Wonder Woman, things like that, and then also eventually, you know, oh. eventually you get Superman in the theaters, Batman in theaters, whatever. But it's such a cultural phenomenon right now that you know comic book conventions are more popular than they've ever been. And I don't think anybody could ever debate that. Like San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con are like the two biggest, two some two of the biggest events in the world. Like, well, I mean, it, we're we're a country that hosts that hosts the Super Bowl, WrestleMania, and all these other events. Comic Con, San Diego, New York collectively will bring in about a million to like a million and a half people for a for a weekend. Like the Super Bowl doesn't even do that in some cities. Yeah. So my thing is, is like I think generationally, like you know, it went from like our parents to like your generation where your generation started getting the Saturday morning cartoon fix and animation and then some, some comics still sprinkled in there. Your parents knew, like, if they wanted you to, if you wanted to interact with Superman, like, yeah, you might get him on, like, Super Friends, but you need to get him, you know, you can go every week and get him at the local corner store for a dollar, and you can read the Superman books. But then my generation, it went full tilt. It went animation heavy. Every Saturday, you got your fix. Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, Superman, Justice League, Power Rangers, anything that you wanted that has a comic variation, you got it on Saturdays. And then they started putting out, like, weekly day shows where, like, you get the adventures of of Robin or, you know, you get, like, crazy, static shock, like, shows that were popping up now during the weekdays. And then my generation got video games where not only did you get the to see your character on television again, but you got to be your character. And then you get the movies, you know, the nine, you know, eighties, not like late eighties, early nine or late eighties, all of the nineties, you got the Batman franchise. You got Spider-Man towards the end of the nineties, early two thousands. And then Spider-Man spawned into the next Batman and that Batman spawned into the Marvel universe. And, collectively generationally like print has now gotten to the point where like people are like you talk to some people are like i've never i didn't even know we had a comic book store in our area and it's just because generationally it it, print hadn't been the focal point to see or experience your heroes anymore where you could just turn your television on and especially nowadays when you can just fucking turn on whatever streaming app you have and you get to watch, you know, on Netflix, you had your, your Marvel shows and HBO Max or DC Universe, you have your DC shows and, you know, Walking Dead's on AMC and, you know, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, well, it's, it's weird, though, man, like, because you, you think about just in the transition over the last 10, 15 years, right? Superheroes have become less of a, of a hey, you're a nerd type thing you know yeah. it's, it's more socially acceptable to to be a to be a fan of superheroes and you know like i remember this goes back god now i'm uh, I'm, I'm racking my brain uh it's gotta be 15 maybe maybe 14 years ago somewhere in that ballpark but uh me and a group of buddies you know we uh we had to enter a, a golf tournament this is why i was in the army and we entered a golf tournament and, um, you know, they wanted to know what our team was. So we were the, we were the, uh, we were the justice league, right. Yeah. We wore uh, superhero t-shirts. Uh, and uh, that's how we went out on the, on the course. And, you know, it was one of those things like, 
people they 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 laughed at it, right? It wasn't one of those things where it was like, you know, uh, oh that's that's cool, you know, that's not in the the funny like, oh that's so awesome that you guys are doing that. It's yeah, you guys are making a mockery of this whole thing. Yeah, and uh, and and you know to now come this day and age, like if you went out there, I guarantee you somebody's got an, an Under Armour Superman hat or, you know, something, you know, while they're out there on the course and it's perfectly fine. So it's just weird to me that, you know, we're in this time where it's, it's more socially acceptable to be a, to be a superhero fan. And it doesn't get, it, it doesn't translate into people going and buying books. Like, yeah. And I'm not going to, Somebody who doesn't read comics, they're not, they're not a real fan or whatever. Like if you're, hey, if you say you you like Batman and it's because you know you have somebody gave you a statue of 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 Batman once, or you want a a plushie out of a claw machine and now you're Batman, like I don't care. Like a fan is a fan. Like I, I'm not going to scrutinize it. But I don't um, scrutinize. You know, I don't scrutinize people. And and by by any stretch of the imagination, I am the biggest Batman fan to anybody that knows me personally. If they have a Batman related question, collectible, comic, whatever, they know they can come to me and more than likely they're gonna get a, a accurate answer. And it's usually just off the top of my head. The the fans that bother me the most are the new age fans. The fans that have no idea what the source material is. And it's not necessarily because they're fans now. I'm I'm ex- super excited that my kids get to grow up in a world where socially acceptable is being a superhero fan. Because like you said, when you were younger, that might not necessarily have been the case. You know, you might not... You, when we were growing up, like, it was it was kind of nerdy to be a comic book guy or, 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 you know, whatever. But now it's almost... a such an ingrained portion of American culture. Like we're kind of like, Oh, you know, if you're somebody with a kick-ass collection, you got some money saved up. And like, even like people like they come down and they, they see my basement. Some people are, are a, a little more judgmental than others, but other people are like, uh, that's a full on investment. Like that's something in yep. 20 years, it's probably going to be worth more money than my stock that I have in certain companies. But at the same time, like 15 years ago, people would be like, uh, you're fucking weird. And there's still people that do it. And you're like, bro, I don't do this for your fucking enjoyment. I do it for my enjoyment. And like, and it's easy. It's funny. Cause like I said, I've, I've obviously been exploring the TikTok realm, so to speak. But you know, when people commented, I, I shared a video of my collection and it, it got over fucking, it's creeping up to almost 400,000 views. It's got over 12,000 likes and like a, you're you're going to get a you're going to get a a asshole or two. It's the internet. There there's always trolls. But like it's funny when like I don't even need to clap back at people. I didn't even need to comment and be ignorant. So, excuse me. Um I didn't need to do that because somebody else in the comment section who appreciates what they're looking at is like, dude, you could only wish to have half the shit he's got in that room. And like, and then, and it's, it's cool to see that there's, you know, nerd culture is taking up for nerd culture now. And I'm not saying that like anybody has to appreciate what I have. I don't have it for your appreciation. I have it for my appreciation. I showed my collection off cause I'm proud of my room. I'm proud of what I've, I've accomplished in collecting. But like you said, you know, you're not going to knock somebody because they're not, they're not reading. You're not going to consider somebody not a true fan because they don't read the comics. But I always tell people that don't read comics, 
that say they're like diehard fans. I'm like, you've got to read the source material. If you love your, if you love the character now, imagine how you'll feel about that character after you've read like, you know, a critically acclaimed series about him. You know what I mean? And it's not like you, and like you said, it's not like you're reading a novel where there's no pictures. There's nothing super interesting about it. Like comics are, are, are visually stimulating. So like you're yeah. you're gonna get something out of it other than just reading words. Yeah, well, and and you're you're getting more of a character development that you didn't get from you know a two hour movie, right? Yeah, it's it's you know maybe like in a weekly television show, maybe, but like that would be like, oh, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the Green Arrow. Well, are you a fan of the Green Arrow from the show, or are you a fan of the Green Arrow from the comics? Because they're, they're two different. They're different. People. Vastly right. different. So, right. So, or, or or we'll take it a step further in Deathstroke, right? You know, like people are like, oh, I love Deathstroke. Like, which Deathstroke? Because yeah. the one in the comics, the one and the one that we know from there is not, you know, is not Manu Bennett. It is no. it, it's a completely different character. I, it's not, or it's not the the uh the quick version that got shown at the end of uh what was it? Justice Batman League. versus Superman. Justice League. That um, really, we didn't get any development out of that. But you know, um, though, yeah. I, I really do enjoy. I did enjoy the f- shit. We need to get like seventy-five issues of of, of Deathstroke. Uh, right. With uh, priests run on Deathstroke, I read that from start to finish. I really enjoyed that. But like you said. Yeah. He's different. He's different than what you see on, on screen. And I try to get people to understand that. And I think from time to time, you'll, you'll get people that understand that. And, and they'll, they'll give it a try. And comics, trust me, I understand. Comics are not for everyone. And, and, and they, can be, they can become pricey, especially if you're getting single issues. But I also, you know, I am not above if I think somebody will like a book sending them a torrent or free website and saying, Hey, give this book a shot. If you like it, go pick it up. Cause I don't want you to waste your money. I might enjoy it. I might think it's a great fucking book, but you might not, you might not like it. You might be like, I can't believe I just spent $5 on this or $4 on this. But at the same time, I can't sit here and say that I haven't recommended a book to somebody that I thought they would like. And they've, they've come back and be like, Oh, that was terrible. They might come back with some constructive criticism of it and be like, oh, it wasn't great. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. Like where to me, I'm like, man, that was one of the best books I've read in a while. But I also read, I also read every week. Yeah. I mean, you're the one who got me, uh, on, um, oh crap. Um, I almost said department of truth, but that's not it. Uh, uh, undiscovered country. You're the one who got me onto that. And we're reading it, you know, we recap it, but it's not one of my favorite books. Like, I, it's one of those, like, I'll see where it's going. But, like, I didn't hate it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing and uh, or an interesting story, but it's one of those, like, I read it, we, we talk about it, and it is what it is, but I'm giving it a shot. And, and I guess that's what we're getting into is, like, yeah. you know, you, you – if you want stories, if you want content, if you want to be entertained, like pick up a comic book. It's, 
you're you're gonna get something and even if it's if it's not what you're looking for like okay you gave it a shot you're one you're something you know we keep hearing support small business support small business well guess what guys there ain't much of a smaller business than the comic book industry like no, not at all um, yeah, these guys, you know, they, they depend on us. They depend on us going in there. So yeah, you can, you can go spend your $15 a ticket at, at the, the local multiplex and, you know, uh, Warner brothers, Marvel, they're going to make their money there. But you know, like my buddy Greg over at comics closet, like he's, he's going to make money, but he's not, gonna, you know, selling statues and figures and stuff like that. But like, it's a comic book store. Yeah. So you got to buy comics. Like he doesn't order them just for the sake of having them in there. He's not collecting them. He wants to sell them to you. And you know, it's, we we want you to be entertained. So, and, and I, I'm a big believer, like you said, I'm, I'm a big believer in supporting small businesses. I go, when I go on vacation or if I travel abroad, I, I literally like on the ride there or the night before, or when I get there, I look to see where the local comic shops are. Like when we went up to the Poconos this past summer, I've, I went to three different comic shops and I found some good buys and some good stores. And like, if I'm ever back up in the Scranton area, I'll definitely go back to the stores that I went up there. They were great. And, you know, I think when you're out and about, and I've obviously I've been to Georgia, I've been to Oxford comics down there. I've been um, to a bunch of stores down there. And at the end of the day though, like, if you're if you're somebody that, that 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 thinks they're culturally like oh I'm a small business guy or girl and like I I really enjoy pushing out you know pushing my money back into the local economy well then your comic shop is a good place to do it cuz they're probably employing 4 to 5 people not including the owner that you know you can build relationships with you can go in and you can talk nerd stuff with you know, me and Charlie are lucky enough that we have each other and we have our group of, of collectors and friends that we have that we can knock these ideas off of and, and these conversations off of. But some people don't. Like, they go to work every day and, you know, I hate to say this, but you, you go to work with a bunch of normies who aren't interested in, in, in nerd culture. And, yeah, it sucks. But at the same time, you, you, have a local, you have a local oasis when it comes to nerdum. You know, make sure you take advantage of it. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, comic culture is, I think is inherently ingrained in you by your parents. Um, I think, you know, if your parents were somebody who like, if you were younger and you were interested in it, they kind of pushed you towards it. You're probably more interested in, in it now as an adult in our generation, so to speak. My dad was very, very big on like when I was younger, if I wanted to go get comics or collect comics or whatever, he was big on not just, okay, well, let's go get this. Let's go get you some books. Well, let's go look at some books and we'll talk to the guy who's selling them and he can tell us like what's collectible and what's not. And then he was big on making sure you took care of your comics when you, when you bought them. Um, so, and I think that's kind of obviously fallen over into my adulthood with my collection, so to speak. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I just, I was interested. I think it's a great topic of discussion. I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on it if we really, or a whole issue on it if we wanted to, but I've really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed this conversation actually. Um, and I'm going to tag my, my TikTok friend and hopefully she gives it a listen. I'll tell her she only has to listen to the last like 20 minutes or so though, if she doesn't want to listen to the whole thing. But yeah, so, uh, if you're not following us, uh, obviously I brought up TikTok, uh, but any social media, we are at DGI podcast on all of our social medias. 
um, and uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we post pretty regularly on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter, we usually, I, I've been using Twitter more now for news updates and things like that. And when books are coming out or, you know, media and things like that. But uh, uh, I really enjoy doing the social media stuff. So if, if you guys are on there and you interact with us, you know, we will message back. We'll comment back. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, we have one of those as well. Um, there's not a lot of interaction in there, but uh, if you get in there and you start posting, we are more than happy to have conversations with you guys and actually bring up the things that are being said in the group on our show. Um, so like I said, if you guys have anything for us, just hit us up on social media. Um, any other thoughts, Charlie? No, nah, man, this was, uh, this was good. This was fun. I, you know, I, uh, think we should do more of these conversation topics like i love i love covering the comics that we're reading but you know yeah. bringing up these topics they're they're good and hopefully everybody listening enjoyed it and uh we can uh continue to bring these things up so yeah like mark said if you guys have any topics that you want to bring up you know, we we have a billion things that we want to talk about but if there's something you want us to talk about let us know we'll, we'll definitely uh try to knock it out of the park yeah like last issue we did the we had the discussion on the stay power between the mirror and um ghostmaker and, uh, I mean, obviously that was a Batman conversation. We have a lot of Batman conversations on here, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we want to hear what you guys want to hear. Um, but at the, also, um, on top of, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, uh, as far as comics coming out this week, it's uh, very mainstream, um, heavy, not a lot of independent stuff coming out, unfortunately. Uh, but we will uh, post tonight into tomorrow, this week's uh, pools or, or books to look for, and then we will um, uh, we'll cover some of that stuff uh, hopefully next week. Uh, me and Charlie have our schedule down. We're hoping that we can keep maintaining it, and then we'll go from there. Yep. All right. If you have anything no. else, Charlie? No, no, man. Uh, that's, that's all I got is... Uh... This is a good one. So, all right, man. Um, you got anything else? Nope. Send us home. All right, man. Hit our music.